welcome to La Cella Lightworkers podcast, where we discuss holistic healing and energies, as well as alternative therapies, meditations, the great awakening, and peace education. Enjoy practical tips for your ascension, and let's get ready for new earth together. So welcome to this week's episode of La Cella Lightworkers podcast. Now this week I will be talking to the incredible Earth Tone 222 who is a friend of mine and in my opinion he is a scientist. He is a wizard and he gives a really incredible alternative view on the journey to psychedelics and the spiritual side. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Earth Tone 222. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Good, good. Glad yeah, to good. have you on. <laughs> so the reason why I call him a wizard and a scientist is because he actually creates really beautiful pieces of jewellery and he creates, um, he's created for us and for our business as well some really beautiful EMF protection stones, like little pucks. Now, I don't know how, but he makes these from scratch. Yeah, so... Um... To, to make them, it's, it's a very simple process. It's a mixture of organic and in, inorganic compounds, which once mixed together gives a, it's, it's an absorption effect to EMF. So any stagnant energy in the area will be absorbed into it. And the idea is that when you layer organic and inorganic compounds together, it creates something called the organ effect, which it there's there's energy which is in cell phones, EMF routers, and things like this. It emits a deadly 5G, organ. Yeah, 5G. All that stuff. They all emit something that is known as deadly organ. In in a spiritual sense, uh, prana, it would be the, the closest way to describe what we're talking about. It's chi, prana, life force energy. These are This is what these produce. So... It, when you put these next to your Wi-Fi router, your phone and things like this, it absorbs the radiation and emits the life-giving energy. So effectively em- mitigating the, the energy altogether. So I need, I've put in an order for like a puck for each Wi-Fi, like every white good around my home. I've got one around my neck and they are beautiful. So if you want to put your order in and you're in the UK, I'm sure you can <laughs> ship worldwide then head to earthtone222 and I'll yeah I'll do a little show on my Instagram La Cella Lightworker at some point. Oh thank you very much. Um yeah sure just hit me up in the DMs and yeah we can do custom organ, we do pyramids, uh, jewelry, anything you want really that can be molded in in a silicone mold I'll make it for you and yeah they they can be decorative or they can just be practical. Yeah it's it's really up to you the 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 world is your oyster in that respect. So obviously I want to talk to you about the other side. I mean, I mentioned on my other po- podcast with Maria, we we touched on psychedelics, didn't we? And <laughs> yeah. it was a bit like, because mm, neither of us have kind of been down that road. And I'm one of these scaredy cats that's a bit like, <laughs> oh, it's fine, I'll get it through meditation. So what's your experience on, on that stuff? What's your um, understanding? So 
my experience on psychedelics, I, I'm not, well, not going to say I'm the most versed in psychedelics by no means. I mean, there are people that are far more experienced. But from my understanding, I, I started using psychedelics, uh, well, prominently when I was in my early 20s. And it it was really the beginning of my spiritual awakening. Um, I started to come into this information about um, trying to find the truth about why the world is the way it is. Because at a very young age, I always wondered why the world is so backwards. So when you take these these uh, psychoactive compounds, it it really unveils the world to you in a way that you've never seen it before. And it gives you... Uh, it, the best way I could describe psychedelics is as a magnifying glass or a, a microscope for your own consciousness. And that that's a, a wonderful tool if you know how to use a microscope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you was just to, to give a microscope to just the average Joe person and say, here, look, look at this slide. They couldn't really deduce much from what what you can see. But if you was a trained microscopist, whatever you call it, mm. <laughs> you'd be able to, un- well, you'd be able to see so much more than what the average person could see. But I think if you was to start uh, taking, say, m- magic mushrooms, psilocybin cubensis, even if you was to microdose, it it shows you aspects of your character you weren't aware of, your motivations towards why you act a certain way so say for example um uh, you could say how people act defensively people usually if if someone mentions something that has a personal connotation to them they they act defensively unconsciously triggered yeah triggered (laughs) (laughs) and this is this this is where psychedelics can really help people because well i say they can help people there is a disclaimer to this because they are they they can also harm like you have to go into this with the right mind and it, the, as we was talking about earlier there needs to be some kind of discipline in in the taking of a psychedelic drug i mean you don't get me wrong you can just go to a rave and get high on lsd or take magic mushrooms and smoke dmt i mean i i'm not against that i mean I'm, i know a lot of people that do that and i can't discredit that healing journey that's that's their part of their journey but I've always found that if I take psychedelics it's always best to be on my own or somebody I really trust even people I really trust it can be a bit of a hairy experience sometimes I find where where it internal where you internalize so much any external stimulation can almost be too much it's it's a very sensitive subject I mean I know people that can just socialize and take psychedelic drugs and it's it is just a party drug to them but I'm not so much that character. I like to be alone. I like to be away from Wi-Fi routers, my phone. <laughs> like, I'm very sensitive when it comes to things like that. I can feel energies. So when I take psychedelics, it's like an amplification of those things. And being around people with unbalanced energies sends you into a really negative spiral sometimes. So... Yeah, it's, I mean, it is really a personal choice. I mean, I'm not going to advocate them and I'm not going to discredit them. I do think they're very valid tools for learning about the human psyche. I think even if you're in the, the pits of despair and you're taking all kinds of terrible substances, there's always a way out. And I've seen many people use psychedelics as a way out and to help them understand themselves. 
but it's very uh, it's a very taboo subject we go from the standpoint of drugs are more of a, a health problem than a crime then we'll be able to look compassionately at the people that are using drugs and that's where we can start moving forward and rather than judging these people and putting them down you're never going to lift a person up by putting them down and these people need lifting up they need support they don't need you to put more weight on them with the judgments i mean that that's on the heavy side of it that's that's with like heavy class a drug use i've never really had that experience but I've met people that are in that trap and yeah, they need love. They don't need judgment. But I, I do believe that even if you're in the, the pits of despair and you're taking all kinds of terrible substances, there's always a way out. And I've seen many people use psychedelics as a way out and to help them understand themselves. But it's very, it's a very taboo subject. Yeah, because I mean, what, what I, the, I guess my standpoint, I work with energy all day, every day. So I understand that high energy and body in emotion and moving your body and getting into a high energy peak state daily is how you take action and how you set goals. That's why, you know, in my work, what I do, it's all high energy, high energy. And I see family members and I see people that I know and love that I know are, are so creative or so you know, they've got goals and they're not doing them because, for example, you know, smoking cannabis, it lowers your energy. Mm, it brings true. your energy down. And for me, if I'm looking at this from an energy perspective, as fantastic as, you know, if the psychedelics are giving you something otherworldly, you know, mm -hmm. tell us about the dimensions in a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but I, I really am still 50-50 about it because I guess if you, if you are strong enough to go, right, I'm going to try this, have this experience and then bring myself back without that then great but most people do find that this is then it becomes a habit or addiction or not um i wouldn't so much say uh we could start by saying that psychedelics are not addictive like they're they're just pharmacologically not addictive the compound has never been proven to have addictive qualities however people psychologically can be addicted to anything. Like, you can be addicted to drinking water if you find a reason. I mean, we, our minds are fantastic things. But um, at the same time, like, you can take psychedelics and say, well, you know, you can touch God, so to speak, and you can have all these transcendental moments and God knows what, but you'll always come back from the experience with the feeling that that's enough. Although, there is also the other side to it. I mean, this is just speaking from me personally, like when when I took psychedelics, I tried to keep it with a discipline so that it's not just for recreational purposes, it's for self-discovery. And Terence McKenna talks about th this idea that um, when you take psychedelics, when you get the message, hang up the phone. And I think that's one of the most <laughs> poignant things that you could possibly <laughs> go into a psychedelic experience or, or even the idea of going down the psychedelic route is when you get the message, hang up the phone because you will very much get a message from, uh, I don't like saying otherworldly beings. I mean, who knows what it is that you're interacting with? Like you literally can see into other dimensions with this. And I've interacted with what you would call aliens or other dimensional <laughs> beings. And I've seen my past lives in like a, a, a mirror that's in front of me that doesn't exist that I can see into the, the past. And yeah, interestingly enough, there's a guy that I've found just, I guess, directed to by spirit. His name's Chris Cantelmo, and he 
he started out in life as a scientist. He went to Yale. He he got several degrees in chemistry, like organic chemistry, synthetic chemistry. I mean, I'm not sure of his acad- academic records, but he discovered this compound, dimethyltryptamine, which is a uh, it's an endogenous chemical in our brain. It's it's an endogenous neurotransmitter, and he he was really curious. He was like, well, these people are saying that this this makes you see other worlds. And yeah, so he he brought some mimosa bark, he did the extraction, and lo and behold, <laughs> he had the experience. And he he has several videos on BitChute and many testimonies about basically interacting with otherworldly beings that, <laughs> that are telling him that he's, well, not him specifically, but we as a species are destroying the planet and we need to act. I mean, that's a whole other subject in itself, talking about how we treat the planet. But, that's um, a controversial one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very yeah. controversial subject. Yeah. But um, it, bringing it back to the DMT, he, he basically had this experience and his idea was, how is this illegal? How is it that we have this chemical that exists inside of our body? That's what endogenously means. It, it's literally produced by our body. Our lungs and our brain produce it. It actually regulates our reality. This is also something that was very interesting that I, I discovered from him. He says that he has this, this, this theory that um, as a child, as children, we, we modulate the world with dimethyltryptamine as a neurotransmitter. Whereas when we reach puberty, our minds take a shift and it's like it's this hormonal transition point where uh, we go from modulating the world with dimethyltryptamine and we start using serotonin and dopamine and other neurotransmitters. And this has kind of like a, a dimming effect on the magic of life. Like you notice that children are always in their little fantasy world mm. and they speak to their imaginary friends and things like this. Mm. Well, he done this case study to to um it was initially to help schizophrenic people because he had this theory that schizophrenic people are in a a a section of society where your brain doesn't start producing or modulating the reality with serotonin and dopamine your brain stays modulating the world with dimethyltryptamine and this is why they're in these other worlds and they see these people they hear voices it's because it's it's not just in their head so they're super spiritual and big pharma has labeled them yeah and then drugged them and dumbed them down completely and this is also may lead into a conspiracy maybe not it's it depends on how you look at the world but um the the big pharma companies know about dimethyltryptamine and they use them in many antidepressants. But the the trouble with these natural solutions is that you can't patent nature. And when when you can extract dimethyltryptamine from mimosa, hostilis bark, anyone can do that, and you can't patent that. So what they did was they got dimethyltryptamine and they added a few molecules on the end of it. <laughs> and you could say, oh, well, what that that's okay. It doesn't really do much, but it, it, in your body, it makes a catastrophic difference with your brain chemistry and yeah this is it leads on to why we we are at such a a hard point in life with trying to figure out our psychology because we we're, we're like taking these drugs and it's causing like a brain salad of chemistry we have no idea what these things actually do to our brain chemistry when there are things um that can quite easily repair the damage that has been done i mean mm. I, i'm not promoting drugs as i said but you should look into this chris cantelmo because he's a very interesting man
So what about people then who, for example, take antidepressants or have, you know, you know, multi-personality disorder and they have to take these pharmaceutical drugs, medication, and then they want to try, you know, an edible or they want to try, you know, a joint at a party. How's that going to affect them? Um, well, if, if it's not something that your body's acclimatised to, I would recommend not doing it <laughs> if i'm completely honest i mean that sounds terrible Stay for someone away. for someone that actually do does enjoy these, these substances but i i've got a story i can tell you about um a time i was at my friend's house and i had some particularly strong cannabis it was it was past 25 percent thc and he i didn't know this at the time but he was taking selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors for his uh depression well um he had one bong rip and he he drastically hit the floor <laughs> and well it I, I can't say that he didn't hit the floor he he went very pale and his girlfriend had to put him to bed and through the night he kept trying to come down the stairs because he was like inside he really wanted to be part of the conversation and the party but <laughs> the the thing is when you take selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors it it has a, an adverse effect with cannabis and other psychoactive drugs. So when you smoke cannabis with uh, SSRIs, an SSRI basically creates a dam in your brain for serotonin. It prevents you reuptaking it and basically metabolizing it, which clears it out of your brain. People with depression often find it hard to retain serotonin, so they take these things and it, it balances the brain chemistry. But when you smoke cannabis, cannabis is a serotonin stimulator. So you're like flooding your brain with all this serotonin and dopamine and all these lovely chemicals that we enjoy. But if your brain can't metabolize them, it will put you in a state where you're confused. You you have trouble telling like what what you really feel with the temperature. Like your mind is completely scrambled. Like you, you really can't navigate reality in a in a sane way anymore and yeah it was it was quite a scary experience because I'd never actually experienced that of where I've, I've given someone cannabis and in my experience cannabis is like it's the earth's healer it's like it's the one like how has cannabis done this but um as I've done research into cannabinoids and the way our body uses them I mean, yeah, we do have uh, an endocannabinoid system, which is literally there for cannabis to be used. But at the same time, when we take other medications that are trying to compensate for chemical imbalances, you're creating more of an imbalance by doing something that is adding on to the problem. So, yeah, as a uh, as like a curtain for this, I would say like, I'm not going to say stay away completely, but I'm going to say be careful. Like I, I don't deter anyone from doing anything. Like we all have our choices in life. I, I don't want to make your choice for you. I mean, I'm sure there are people that would listen to this and say, no, he's completely wrong. I take uh, SSRIs and it doesn't have that effect or whatever. But that this is just a personal experience. And my recommendation would be extreme caution if you're taking medication that's balancing brain hormones and chemistry. Um, yeah, this leads on to another, a, a very interesting part that kind of it, it dovetails with the whole psychedelic experience because it originates from this and it's shamanism. Um, learning to heal yourself with plant medicines. I mean, traditionally it was done as there was a man that literally from birth, 
his calling was to be the medicine man and he he was he doesn't become part of society like everybody else does he goes off and he's in the wilderness and he's learning about really who he is and how he connects to nature so that when people come to him he understands that this person's psyche is imbalanced because uh, there's there's a plethora of things that could cause imbalances but the, these people innately understand that there are medicines for all ailments and yeah so th this is where the the original plant medicine started in the rainforests with people taking mushrooms and ayahuasca is a very common thing these days like people like to talk about going to ayahuasca retreats i've never done one personally myself like i as we'll get on to soon like i've had a, a, a little bit of travel experience but i've never been to a rainforest that has ayahuasca it's uh certainly on the to-do list but yeah it's it's something for you to look into if you're if you're one of those people that have seen through the big pharma scam and you see that these pharmaceutical industries they they're just looking to make more money from you there are there are medicinal purposes in the plants that we have in just simple things like even like dandelion in your garden that has medicinal properties like if if you're really interested that's something that I would advise looking into awesome so yeah, I mean, before the the craziness of the world happened, you were traveling the world, being the free spirit scientist that you are. <laughs> not really a scientist, disclaimer. <laughs> not really. You know, and you can see from his Instagram pictures the incredible places you went. So if you know, I've got, for example, my little sister. She's raring to go and wants to travel the world and wants to be out there. So. Is there any like tips or things you know that you did that you're like, please don't do that, so you could, you could take from it and learn? Um, okay, so there's there's one thing that really stands out to me that I would say, it's, it's don't do it. It's don't take your bank card in your wallet with you when you go out. You don't need it. <laughs> For one, if if you're the type of person like me, you're just gonna spend too much money, but. It's, that's really not the problem. See, I, I lost my wallet in Bangkok in a taxi and geez, that was some real trouble trying to get <laughs> my money transferred in, into an account that I could access in Thailand. Wow. Thankfully, though, it, it actually turned out to benefit me because the the exchange rate I was getting from the ATMs was like crazy, like five or six pounds for a transaction. But I had to use Western Union to transfer myself the money. And yeah, I ended up saving myself hundreds of pounds from doing that. Wow. So yeah, that would be a, a traveler's tip there. So <laughs> don't, <hidden> trick. <laughs> yeah, don't take your uh, bank card with you. Leave it in a separate wallet in your bag in a hotel or wherever you're staying. And um, yeah, if you're doing big money transfers, use Western Union rather than <laughs> the ATMs. Hang on a minute. Are you paid by Western Union? <laughs> this isn't a paid sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um another tip well I, I can say this now because i've learned the lesson but um when i first went traveling six years ago i, I had this thing in my head that there was always going to be the next beautiful beach the beach that is going to be next will be the beautiful one you know it's like it's always going to get better from here and it it really prevented me from living in the moment and quickly jumping back to the psychedelic experience there was times in my experiences where I would have psychedelic experiences and I would have this feeling of like I'm missing something like I just there was something in in me that just wasn't there 
And it wasn't until I went traveling and had like a six month experience of getting to the the most beautiful beach I've ever seen and it not being enough because the next beach in Bali was going to be even better than that. And then getting to the next beach and realizing actually the beach he was just at was the beautiful beach. It was the lesson that don't get destination fixation. Be completely present where you are now. Like you can find anything you're looking for in the moment, even in the busiest of cities. I mean, I can't stand being in cities. I'm very much a country boy. You can always find peace if you know how to be centered and be in the moment. And that's something I very much wasn't the first time I went traveling. And yeah, I, I learned a heavy lesson because I came home and I felt like I, I'd never been traveling. I felt like I'd missed it all because I was <laughs> waiting for the next thing to take my breath away no. when actually the thing I was in was should have been taking my breath away. And you came back to the UK. Yeah. They wrote it down to lockdown <laughs> yeah. as a smack in the face from life. Oh, yeah, that was the second time I went travelling. That was that was a whole new experience. Wow. See, that was a, a solo travel experience. And uh, that, was, that was very life-affirming. And I, if there was one thing I recommend you people do, it would be to despite the lockdowns at the moment go traveling on your own and discover yourself find out the new people that you can discover without them telling you who you are because I think a big problem for me at least was my friends would tell me who I am like they had an idea of who I would be and that's not really who I think anyone is let alone me and when you go traveling you get the freedom to express yourself in any way you want and when the people meet you they've never met you before so you can be anyone and it is a real it's a it's a real good way to reinvent yourself if you're struggling with life's issues and you feel like you need to break away or something i i advise it go traveling on your own that's incredible advice and do you think i mean i think that going forward in the future and looking at all you know these q posts and these psychics and these predictions that although this you know this new world order agenda they want us to be all digital they want us to be all you know everything's online we're microchipped we're this and we're that and we don't see people and but I truly, honestly believe that the f it's going to just do a U-turn and we are going to be like that movie Wally. And <laughs> we're not going to be floating on this thing. We're going to go back to Earth and we're going to start with that tree. We're going to get back to communities. We're going to go and volunteer. You know, we're going to go to Costa Rica and meet communities and travel that way and give your time in that community and learn and grow. And that will be service to humanity, but also your holiday, your you know finding yourself yeah I, I think that's the future i would hugely agree it's actually a very good point um when i when i traveled it it highlighted aspects of my character that i'd never really seen before that i was very culturally ignorant even though i thought i wasn't because of my own heritage like i'm not a purely english person but that doesn't mean that i'm any way adjusted to the the mentalities and the the ways of the east it, it was a culture shock at first, like a lot of people did things differently to how I, I was used to. And even just basic interactions with people. I mean, I I don't speak a whole lot of Thai, but when you start to under, well, not understand their language, but when you when you're around Thai people enough, you pick up the language. And once you start to understand that, you're like, the, the way they talk is really different to the way we talk. Like, the, it's it's really quite a, an awakening experience to have to speak in a different way and think mm -hmm. in a different way and then that helps you understand their their mentality and yeah as you're saying like you can go and when you're meeting these people 
you're almost osmosing the energy they have and you take it with you. It's like every time I've gone traveling, I've come back with business ideas like you couldn't imagine. <laughs> like the inspiration that flows wow. in being in an environment where you feel free to be whoever you want to be. There's no constraints. You, if, you, if you're sick of your environment, you can just get on a bus. Mm. And yeah, it might be another 16 hours before you get to your destination, but you're going to get to a place that you've never been before. New people. It, anything is possible when you travel. And yes, yeah, as you said, you can bring back so many values that you can share with other people and boost other people. Like you learn so many lessons of compassion when you see people that don't have as much as you, but you think you don't have anything. <laughs> we're, we're, we live in a society where we're, we're always pushed by the next thing that we could have. So if you've got a car, let's say you've got a brand new car, well, there's always going to be someone that's got a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. They, there's always going to be someone that has more than you. But when you go to a country that everyone has less than you and they're happier than you, it, it kind of shocks you awake and you're like, what do I even have to be unhappy about? Like the only things that I'm unhappy about is the way I'm thinking about my life, not what's actually going on in my life. Parasonitis is... A deadly disease. They're telling me. Like, I mean, where, even when I was, uh, the last time I was in Thailand with the lockdown, I was locked down on Koh Chang Island. And what a, what a shame. <laughs> I know. It was, it you was poor thing. so terrible. I mean, I was <laughs> swimming in beautiful ocean every day. But uh, I mean, after two months, it started to feel like a burden in some ways. And it, I kept having to remind myself that actually, even even in the situation I'm in, I'm in a better situation than 90% of the people in the world. And yeah, you just have to keep reminding yourself. That it's like, stop telling yourself sob stories. Stop, <laughs> stop making up nonsense in your head. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we do we, we, it's almost like we enjoy suffering I know. and I do it so much and I'm catching myself do it more and more now. And it's, it's a progress for me, but we, we tell ourselves our problems. It's not actually the problems we have. Absolutely. Inner talk is powerful. So, I mean, that's a whole different segment I will go on about on my life coaching segment, which is, you know, incantations, daily talk, how to take control of that inner voice, yeah, how to stay on top of, you know, these stuff works. It's powerful mm. and you can turn anything around with that. But yes, you first have to know what the problem is, what it is you're saying to yourself. And most of the time, the subconscious is running these old scripts over and over, and you don't even realise what you're saying. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're completely unconscious <laughs> to to the verbiage that's actually being played out in our minds. It's like, I, I do this sometimes. Like, I find myself like walking down the street, and I'll catch myself thinking about something, and I'm like, did I just think that? <laughs> like, did I really just think that? It's like the little demon on your shoulder, yeah. you know? And I'm like, wow, I just sounded like a real whiner. <laughs> like, I'm whinging about something and it's like, oh man, you've got some serious first world problems yeah. there. Like, there are people without food and you're worrying about something like a pair of shoes. Perspective. Perspective <laughs> yeah, that's, is that's beautiful. It. And the fact that we're aware of it and catching ourselves is is the journey, isn't it? Mm, that's that's the starting point. When you start to notice yourself doing it, that's that's when you know you're at the beginning of the journey, because it it's like it's almost like you've divided yourself into uh, a part of yourself where you are now in it's a in inquisitive side of you rather than just a, a played out trauma program. <laughs> Speaking of programming, ah, The Matrix. The Matrix. What do you think about this? What, the film? Well, are we living in The Matrix or what? Come <sighs> on, you've been to other realms. You've you've done this DMT stuff. You've you've experienced these otherworldly beings. Have you seen the 
The little dots. Have you seen the green? It's funny you say that because <gasps> it is actually a real thing. Not the code. It's not so much a code. Like this is um, maybe it's it's a machine analogy. I think with the code. It's in real life. It's more of a natural thing. It's a TV static is the best way. Like multicolored TV static. Some of the things I've experienced in these these realms is the fabric of reality and how everything is part of it there's no there's nothing that's separate everything is all part it's like an ocean nothing is separate in the ocean everything is connected and we're connected by the oxygen the air the gas that we're literally encompassed by when you're in these experiences you see that there is very much a fabric to reality and that there is an outside to reality and in some very strong DMT trips, I've broken through into what you would call the Godhead space. And if you look up, you can Google it. I mean, I don't like Google, DuckDuckGo, any, any other, anything but Google, really. <laughs> but yeah, if, you, if you're going to research it, look up the Godhead space or just the Godhead. And there should be an image that you'll come across. And the best way I can describe it is like it's a head made of ribbons well, a ribbon, like one continuous ribbon. But in this ribbon, it has like, you know how uh, old film, uh, movie film, there's a it's a reel and in each there's like squares. Mm. In each square, there's a face, but the face changes. And it's like it's incarnations in each square. And it, uh, the whole thing makes up this Godhead. And it's you, it, it's God. It is this amalgamation of all spirits that you can like physically see in another space. It's like you're in this space of infinite light, but there's this head that's staring at you and it doesn't look particularly kind, <laughs> but at the same time, it's not malevolent. It's, it doesn't want to hurt you. It's just, it's observing you and you're observing it. And yeah, so I, I would say that we are in some kind of a matrix. I mean, it's it's very clumsy wording to say matrix, I don't think we actually have a word to understand what we are in, but it's very much a, some kind of simulation. Mm. And when we die, we don't really die. It's, it's a transition. And this is also what psychedelics have made me realise, that it took the fear of death away. I was always afraid of dying. And then I had an experience, in a psychedelic experience, I, I experienced death, or what I thought was death, in... In psychedelic terms, it would just be an ego death. <laughs> but it, it really, it shakes you to the core and makes you realise that actually you're not as strong-minded as, as you think you are. It it really does bring you down to that level of, like, infantile, primitive fear. Mm. And, yeah, it there is transcendence from this realm. But we're very much anchored here by our emotions and our thoughts. And that's why meditation is such a key to being able to understand not just yourself, but what this is. Because when you're silent, that's the only time that you're really one with everything. In the silence, you become part of the silence. When you think, you, you divide yourself from everything. I think actually the word apophatic would be a good way to describe how the psychedelic experience does change you. It takes away the part of yourself or parts of yourself that aren't needed, so to speak. Like all this idea that you need to be 
in grandeur or someone needs to think that you have a lot of money or you have a lavish lifestyle it takes away these needless things and that is what is covering up the love like everybody has love there's no way to teach love is something everybody has it's just that all these traumatic experiences that we have through life they they build up like a wall around us that blocks out that love and because it's all trapped inside we're like well it must be somewhere it must be outside of myself so it must be in like a girlfriend or it must be in a drug or any experience but really it's trapped inside it's you've built this wall up everything you're looking for is inside of you already yeah go within (laughs) go within it's all there it's all there it's not outside you're spot on absolutely spot on so I mean, what are your views on religion and God and, you know, do you were you brought up with religion? Is that something you have dabbled in? Are you interested in? What do you um, believe? So from a child, my mum and my dad were... Uh, my dad was very much religious in the beginning. But as he's got older, it's... I, I mean, I don't know. I've not spoken to him for a long time. So to say about his religious beliefs would be a stretch. But I grew up when he would take me to church and we used to stand on the stage and bang tambourines and I used to hate it. (laughs) But, you know, um, my mum, she, she had Christian beliefs from her upbringing, but I don't, I think she was more of an agnostic than a devout Christian. I mean, all of my family from a young age until I reached the awakening point. You see, I was kind of like the black sheep in the family. I was kind of like everyone saying, oh, yeah, God this, God that. And I'm like, that's 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 one way of looking at it. But are we not God? Like, Mm. are we not that thing that we're looking for outside of ourselves? And yeah, I think from me questioning that, especially with my mum, now she has similar beliefs to me that the idea of God. I mean... I do believe there is a creator of all things. I mean, it, it it's very obvious if you have the eyes to see it that there's something that created all of this. But we have no hope in hell of ever naming it or ever understanding it because it encompasses everything and that everything is things that we have no idea about. So to try and pin it down in a religion and say that God said this and God said that, well, you know, we're all God. So, of course, but let's not put other people down because they have different beliefs to us Mm. and I think that's something that religious practice does very well is criticize other people's beliefs while boosting their own and with an agenda yeah with an agenda yeah fear-based agenda yeah and this (laughs) fear-based agenda tends to be like missionaries going around to people trying to convince them of this story of Jesus Christ and God and then it's all good and well if you believe them because then it it reaffirms their story it's like you've verified their life and that's why it's so important for them to do that if you imagine god and my dad calls it generator operator destroyer god sourced the creator that created worlds and aliens and everything in it Mm -hmm. puts itself into everything good evil dark bad light Mm -hmm. and then watches and experiences itself through itself which is us to understand itself to understand itself further yeah to experience and it's just so beautiful when you think of it like that it's just like yeah it is it is there is no other (laughs) there is no religion that explains that at all yeah as beautiful as some of the words in the bible are yeah it will it will never accurately depict the beauty of what life really is the feelings you, feelings, healing, emotion, energy doesn't lie. Mm. 
it's very true. And so, I mean, I'm I've been hugging my what is this called? Organite. So he's the scientist. I don't know what this is. Um, this is a beautiful pyramid of organite with a amethyst ball inside it with a copper underneath and it's provided some beautiful energy and amazing stories <laughs> from my scientist earth tone 222 <laughs> thank you so much for your insight you're into, welcome you know the the good the bad the anawaskas the narcotics the psychedelics whatever you want to call them it's interesting for me to see another perspective to see the other side because you know when i was at school it was always like drugs are bad yeah. don't take drugs <laughs> that's it. and you know we're, we're shown the horrible video where the girl takes ecstasy and dies <laughs> and then train spotting and you're just like traumatized and it's not that at all it's no. really not and it is individual and of course we don't advocate it and it's just literally we're talking this is for entertainment purposes only yeah that's it of course this is all just for imaginary purposes <laughs> But if you resonate with any of this, then great. But yeah, definitely don't take cannabis with SSRIs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the closing point here is be careful and don't take drugs. <laughs> drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> <laughs>